0: racing it's green light they're set to go green lights on set for a start is holding on Cup for but it is all heart style rico and he is going to absolutely bolt the melbourne cup in green light is on for the green light on podcast the green lights on for the green light on podcast a very very special edition post great chase day at the meadows what a wonderful day of racing it has been out here and I'm proud to say we're actually on track after the running of the Great Chase and for the first time we're doing the green light on Premier Racing in the flesh. I've got Corey Smith with me alongside. High five, Corey. High
1: five. I tell hey. you what, it's a bit, a bit different. Normally I'm just sitting in my room, got the trackies on, the moccasins <laughs> on, but uh, sitting across from you and I have the button up shirt, we're, uh, we're all business today.
0: We're looking pretty suave. Uh, not only am I with you, but I'm also with a man that we've promised on this show. I reckon for at least six months. He took over the meadows as the big boss, the number one. Uh, took us a long time to get a hold of him, but today so had to earn
1: his way on.
0: Well, he had to earn, but I also had to be able to get him. And today we've handcuffed him, brought him upstairs. We've got him, Scotty Woo uh, Great to have you on the uh, the podcast, mate. How are you going?
1: Great
2: to be here, James. So I guess we had to get through that six month probation period to confirm that I'm going to be well, around here for a bit while longer. I to be
0: honest, mate, I thought you'd be gone by now. So the fact you're still here, you've lasted. Uh, now we can have a, a little bit of a chat to you on the on the great number one podcast. For you, mate, uh, look, we know that you've been involved in greyhound racing for quite some time. But for the listeners who don't know, can you tell us a little bit about your journey through the, the greyhound racing world?
2: Yeah, I guess I started uh, at GRV probably about 18 years ago and, and didn't have any greyhound experience. I was a bit of a racing fan. My dad had a few trotters and a few horses. Um, but but yeah, started off at GRV and worked my way through uh, various roles there, and before a move to South Australia, uh, and last 11 years or so been managing the infrastructure program that they've rolled out in uh, in South Australia, which I think everyone's sort of seen Murray Bridge and, and the New Angle Park.
0: I personally have seen Murray Bridge, uh, beautiful setup over there, and obviously that's why the team here at uh, the MGRA thought we got, we've got to get a hold of this bloke. He knows what he's doing.
2: Well, yeah, I think the MGRA are looking to do a, a bit of infrastructure work around here. So the, tr- the tracks and the grandstand starting to show its age. And, and maybe um, the, the beauty of my background is that, that I can sort of guide the club through that. So that's actually something I'm really keen to, to get my teeth into at some stage. But at the moment, it's just steering the ship until we, uh, we get through some big races over the next few months.
0: Mate, speaking of those big races, me and Smithy, quite often on this podcast, don't we, Smithy? We talk about the Phoenix, and, and right now there's so much build up and so much hype and we saw the everest in uh, Sydney over the weekend and that the Phoenix effectively is the, the Everest of Greyhound racing and, and the way that the public have got behind that race is extraordinary and you can you can feel already the buzz around the Phoenix and we're, what, still a couple of months away. Look, like it is enormous the lead up to this race.
2: And I think that's always the intention is that the, the discussions start happening two, three, four months out from the race and, and that happens with the Everest probably all year round. But um, being the first... You know, Significant slot race in Victoria in the country that um, it is good that we are talking about those things. And you know, the CEO of Vic, GRV was down there saying maybe the great chase winner might be a Phoenix dog. Mm,
0: you never know. Uh, one thing we, we do on this podcast quite regularly, Scotty, is uh, we often will run a quiz. Now, off the back of that quiz, I, I feel like here at the Meadows, you need to educate your staff a little bit more because Corey Smith, for example, Corey, you, you'll, you'll agree with this. We, we do a podcast, say, on the bistro, and he's got no idea. He knows how to taste all the food, Scotty, but uh, doesn't necessarily know too much more than that. Can you can you educate the team a little bit better maybe moving forward?
2: I was getting a bit nervous there that I might be the subject of the quiz this no. week. I thought that's where you were heading on that. But no, Corey's, uh, Corey's across most things here. It's just the, the little detail, I guess, that he... Uh, he knows how to pour a beer. I've seen him do a fair bit of that over uh, recently. I much prefer saw.
1: being on the other side of the bar, let's be honest. But, yeah, I can pour a beer, all right? I've been having to do that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I'm not too sure that the family agree that Corey Smith knows a lot about the Meadows. <laughs> but uh, it's been good fun. Any, any exciting plans, mate, moving forward for the club?
2: I think in the short term, it's just getting through mm. this, this busy period. Um, look, there's no secret that GRV's, um, you know wants to rebuild the track, and, and that's sort of the biggest thing on the horizon. And um, how that's all going to look in the end, um, you know, I think that's all got to be worked out in the, in the short term. But um, nothing overly exciting working towards the Phoenix. I thought we got a great uh, bunch of eight-slot holders for the Phoenix. Um, obviously, the Dream Chasers Festival was mm. launched on Monday, and we're very much a part of that being the first meeting and the last meeting. Um, but I'm sure there'll be things rolled out over the next few years that'll uh, excite the fans of Greyhound Racing.
0: One thing I've noticed, I, I haven't seen Corey Smith so well behaved uh, in my life I don't know if, if this is the moment Corey to ask any questions to Scotty, pay rise anything like that because you're sitting there like a church mouse at the moment.
1: Yeah no I was, uh, I was <laughs> working my way up just thinking how I would slip in the, the question to get a pay rise but uh, you've just blown that out of no. the water there so no I'll, uh, I'll try and work, keep working my way for a pay rise
2: at some point I guess.
0: Well mate every uh, July I think we deserve something a little bit more. Great having you on Scotty, look after our man Smithy moving forward please.
2: Will do, thanks for having me guys run
1: of the week
0: well straight from uh, scotty catch. i'm glad we got a hold of him smithy it took us a while you've got a little bit quiet on me but uh, about uh, Valor bale last week this is my run of the week it was enormous race seven box Check four last shot. saturday
2: Ready racing and Pandemic out in the setup again, pretty well away. Fast there, Trending Zari went through to lead over Zalas Bale, buried back there. Pandemic as they turned to the back straight now. And the leader, as they turned to the back, was Trending Zari by two now. Zalas Bale up to third. Valabar cut over to the inside, making ground. They were followed by Sardar Extreme, then Fabriola Zimenez along up the Pandemic, and they were followed then by Seven Ounce and Gintaki Bale coming to the turn now. And Valabar went up on the outside to tackle Trending Zari. They turned, they bumped on the outside. Valabar went up and took the lead, and Valabar racing clear, the trending Zari, followed by Soda Extreme, and then came Pandemic.
0: Nothing wrong with that win. Valor Bale there, Smithy. What did you make of that? I I thought the way the greyhound finished off, even though having a little brush with the leader around the home corner, I thought it was pretty good.
1: Yeah, getting turned sideways coming around the home turn is uh, not exactly what you want, but then to cop that and still run 29.89, it's a sign of a greyhound that's uh, in good form. I
0: think it is. Uh, Run home time was strong, but the mid-race section of the race was quick, so I think it had a few strings to the bow, I think you could say there, Smithy. And for the listeners who are tuning in thinking, gee, there's a bit of background noise. There's a bit going on. Uh, we are recording this straight on the back of the Great Chase, which we are going to touch on in just a moment. I was going to touch on it with Scotty catch but we, we removed him nice and early. Uh We've got trialling happening now, Smithy, so the greyhounds are going around the track in preparation for races moving forward.
1: Yeah, exactly right. We're uh, seeing, uh, I don't know if there's any good greyhounds going around. We've seen some decent times and uh, a couple of post-to-post going around as we speak, but uh, it's always interesting to to watch the trials. There's a lot of people that, that kind of run into me at race meetings and they hang around a little bit after the last and don't realise that we actually do trial after the last. So on a Wednesday, there's, uh, there's usually plenty of trials. We saw a couple of half-field trials, which is always good to see too.
0: And there's plenty going on, track staff working. Things don't stop. I mean, most punters, they, they tune in, let's say, on the radio. They watch the race or on the Watchdog app, the number one way to do it. They watch the race and think, well, that just happens. But there is so much work, and I guess being here even today, just having a look at things happening, when most of the people are gone home, the work isn't done.
1: Oh, exactly right. You, you don't see the uh, the track boys sitting here painting the fence blue uh, yesterday for the majority of the day or, or just the little calls and, and little things that we have to work on to, to get a race meeting up and about but uh, we certainly not complaining about the work that we have to do because it's a very enjoyable industry to be a part of, that's for sure.
0: Track looks in wonderful order. Today we had the great chase here at the Meadows. Uh, it was won by All Spritzed Up and this is how he went about it. Away and racing and All Spritzed Up only fair to go. Like an arrow went out fast near the inside. All Spritzed Up getting a clear run. He goes straight to second and he's now threatening danger The fave. Then a lead Alex up to third, just getting a Pratt, improving the rail. Oakley's boy. They're clear to Lady Lily Hook, then Mpungare to Madigan. Last of all down the back West Star Commander, like an arrow led. Here's the favourite, though, all spritzed up. He pulled over heels, levelled up as they turn. They're well clear to elite, Alex. Like an arrow in front, gathered in by all spritzed up. He's the star of the series and he wins the Great Chase Grand Final. All spritzed up by a length to a gallant like Caller cool, uh, along the Call same chain of thought as me there, Smithy, that, uh, <laughs> that he's uh, been the star of the series, all spritzed up. His semi final win just announced himself last week. Uh, I thought his form leading into the series was enormous, but he missed the kick a bit. Um, he was just able to muscle through into a good place early. And when he was second behind like an arrow, if you could bet live in the run, if Sportsbet could have framed a market, paused it for us, it would have been a dollar $1.01 at the first corner.
1: Yeah, if I, was, uh, if I was the bookie, I would have put up 97 cents. I would not have been risking anything, I think. I think we all thought once Generous. he popped on, on uh, the rear end of like an arrow there that we he'd go straight past. He did have to earn it. He did it the tough way. And I spoke to Anthony as a party after the race, and he said, I wanted to see him do it, just maybe not in this race. Mm. <laughs> he, was, he would have liked to watch it a little bit easier. But he got there in the end, and it was a very good win.
0: Saturday's preview. Saturday's preview. 12 races, Corey. Give me something, mate. 12 winners?
1: 11 and a half. I, I, I don't know how that works.
0: But Last week, the last few weeks, as you know, I wasn't keen on last Saturday night's race. I think I tipped one winner for the night, I think.
1: That's impressive.
0: It was a hard night, though.
1: That's, with- we talk about the kiss of death in footy tipping it's just it's, as hard, hard, it's just a to, too uh, bad tip zero as it is to tip nine so we'll we'll roll with that we know that's not entirely accurate, but we'll give you a bit of a
0: look mate there. I was very keen as I said last week on not having a play and uh it turned out that way, but the good news is for the partners tuning into the podcast that are are wanting to have a bet this week. I think we've found a few. Always gamble responsibly. We kick off race one, 6.39. Uh, the Cooks electrical and air conditioning grade seven. I'm really keen here on number eight, Shadow Ride. I think Anthony has a going to... Just fall in love with this place a little bit more after winning the Great Chase today on Wednesday. I think he'll win the first at the Meadows. Now, for memory, this was the dog who was scratched from Sandown due to a breakdown, I think it was, from the Anthony party vehicle. So hopefully he's got more fuel in the vehicle and he can get to the track this week because I think he'll win.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you as well. 21.82 at Ballarat on debut over 3.90, up to 4.50, up to 5.15 at Sandown now. It's just a nice little prep into the 5.25 here. Box 8 is probably the only concern, but... Looks a really nice type.
0: I'm sure it was more than just fuel too that uh, <laughs> held Anthony away because I think he had a couple of good chances at Sandown. Race two, I'm with number one, Try Catch Up, uh, lived up to the name. They they seem to be able to name these dogs really well because the whole race it was trying to catch up and when the judge calls a halt, Try Catch Up had caught up last week and I think this race is almost easier than what he was against last week and he's probably drawn better off the red.
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh I tipped it last week and it was $8.20, so don't, don't worry about it. No need to mention it, mate. But, uh, no, try catch up. Looks like it's well a done. pretty special animal, I think. Got some uh, ability in Team Greeno with Sprodden and Whittington Syndicate. Mm. we we'll see them win a few races.
0: Especially uh, Phoenix last year. Race three, I'm with the Cherry Providence Bale, but I'm scared because there's a lot of pace out wide. Barista Chick's been flying at Tarelgan. They're going to rename that track the Barista the barista chick, I think. Uh, and number eight, Handsome Jack's got a heap of speed as well. Just like they're going to name a table here, Javi. Have they done that yet?
1: No, no, we haven't done that yet. We, we said once Javi retires, no, they retire. something. So we've got, to, we've got to wait for retirement. We might win a few more at the Meadows. I
0: disagree with that. Yeah, well, if you're going to put a plaque on it or something like that to say how many races he won. But I, I reckon too often in life, we don't celebrate. And I was speaking to this recently with, with my better half. I said we don't celebrate enough people too soon um, although, and, and a funeral is a as sad as it is is a, is a prime example of that everyone sits down and chats about somebody's life and I feel like we don't do enough of that and, and even Hall of Fame and, and things like that during somebody's life because I think it's so special and uh, and I think we need to get a Javi table is what I'm getting at we're,
1: we're definitely gonna <laughs> do it but we did that with the Pat Haas classic recently as well Pat correct who's obviously still alive so we we firmly believe in that too
0: here I agree uh did we tip one
1: uh, storm Trailer, the two.
0: I'm with the red, yeah, Providence Bale. Race four, I'm with number one, Alfie Moon. Jess Hopkins prepares. I just think we'll lead. Uh, Ariane Bale has, has just cost this podcast an absolute lot of money lately, let's be honest. So I, I I think she could win this. It's the right race for her, but I just can't keep tipping. So I'm, I'm going to go the front-running Alfie Moon.
1: Yeah, I'm with Alfie Moon as well. He's been knocking down the door a few seconds in a row, and that's not because he's not genuine. He's just uh, found one better each time, but this one looks
2: very winnable.
0: I really like Guelph. One of my better bets of the night. Race five, number two, I think will clear the red with consummate ease in the run of the first corner, and from there should take beating. Obviously, the concern, big concern is the last 50 because Yachi and Valor Bale will be eating up the ground.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you here. 503 at Sandown, a couple back. 505 at the Meadows, last start, Guelph looks like. It'll lead quite comfortably, and if it does that, it's going to be hard to run down.
0: Ray Six, you heard the run of the week last week was Valor Bale at the Meadows, but if you listened to the last episode, you would have heard that Zohar Bale was the Sandown run of the week. I thought that run last start... One of the biggest 600-metre runs I've ever seen, Smithy, first up.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's probably a contender, Zohar Bale, for, for mm. run of the year. Yep. Not just run of the week, not run of the meeting. Especially uh, with the circumstances, the too. Just,
0: like, first go 600 to do that. Yeah, Oof. just
1: monstrous. But mm. in saying that, I'm with Amron Dan. I think he's getting stronger and Jeez. stronger. I think he leads this one. I don't think there's much pace in it. Draco Bale was disappointing last start, but I did see him up a couple of kilos. So, uh, I don't know if, if there's people that mm. take that sort of thing into consideration. He he might uh, be better for the run. But Amron Dan, I think up to 600, he should lead and give him a side. Who
0: do you like in race seven?
1: Race number seven, as I turn my page over, I found it really, really tough. I've written tough race, and you can mm. see my notes now. actually, yeah. And it says tough it race, does. but I'm with the sevens in Min Bale. I don't know where he gets to in the run, uh, but if he, he lobs close enough, he can win this one.
0: I like uh, race seven. Uh, up near sort of Mount Buller, Mount Hotham, you often see a few butterflies flying about, the and I call time. them... Alpine butterflies. So uh, I think number six is going to be hard to beat. Did a performance trial or sat trial at uh, Sandown recently, went 29-31. Uh, she's a little bit hard to catch, but I think from a, a wide draw, she can whip around the field and uh, take a, a whole lot of beating if she can lead. So race seven, I'm with the six. What about race eight? I'm tipping El Dorado. Deep race. You've got Eldorado 2, Paddy Wants Pats 3. He's been leading and just ran down week in, week out of late. Amron Boy, Mapunga, Mustang, and then the old Marvel Aston Ulysses. It's a great race. Probably a few of these will play a, a bit of a role, I guess, in the next couple of months here with the, the feature racing here in Sandown. But I'm going to Eldorado just.
1: I'm with Paddy Wants Pats. He's actually my tip for the Melbourne Cup. I think a series of racing. Mm. I think he can get out in front. it will be hard to beat. He went five flat, couple starts to go at Sandown. If he can do that, he'll certainly give Eldorado and Amron Boy and Aston Ulysses something to chase.
0: Race nine, the blue's going to lead, I think, Irish. Number six, Extreme Force will get a card across, And if that's the case, I think Extreme Force will be winning.
1: Yeah, I, I think Extreme Force gets a beautiful run into this. And if we see his best, he's he's clearly the fastest dog in the race. 28.93 at Sandown. Mm. Obviously, not many have run Slick.
0: that. Slick. Slick. There's no doubt about that. Race 10, I'm with five. Kanji Service will need a little bit of luck, this dog. But if it gets luck, Smithy. I think it can get home.
1: I was uh, tossing up between the four and the five. I've landed with Duneside Shadow on top, but not a high confidence race for mine.
0: Let's round it out, mate. The last two, uh, again, I'm pretty keen here on race 11. Number two, legal butt. I think drawn nicely, uh, showed a bit last week, Uh, did win here. What was it? Four runs ago at about 50 to one. So I think uh, number two can cross and lead. As long as the four doesn't come on top early, I think the two is going to be hard to beat.
1: Yeah, I'm tipping Americana Miss. I still think she's the best dog in this. We haven't seen her at her best for a while here, but uh, she's won 60,000. She's gone 29.80 here in the past. I'm, I'm looking at her, her form from a while ago and thinking that that'll show up at some point, and I uh, don't want to be against her.
0: The 12th, the lucky last. 20 past 10, Saturday night. I'm uh, with number four, Tigger Long Water. Uh, interesting form this dog. I think the provincial form the last three or four has been good, but there's one thing that really concerns me. 16 starts here, yet to crack it at the Meadows. So five placings, probably not going to find a much easier race in town. So I'll play a very cautious each way bet on the blue.
1: Yeah, I was actually on at Horsham yesterday, so Ooh. a little bit disappointed in, in the third place. But uh, Tigalong Water, I think, is definitely in my selections in a race that I really don't have all that much interest in betting. You'll see there's no highlighter on this page at all, Benalla Bandit or Tigalong Water. Uh, I think whatever is, is uh, a better value once the markets come out, I'll, I'll land on. Punters Punting Club Does it
0: sound better in the flesh, the Punters Punting Club uh, jingle?
1: Oh, it sounds wonderful in the flesh, mate. It
0: does. It's an impressive jingle. Uh, I really don't
1: really know what to do with my
0: Punters Punting Club and <laughs> we're both just sort of scampering <laughs> oh. through the form guide. Um, I'll throw it to you. I want to put the pressure on you. Who, who do you reckon is the way to go in the Punters Punting Club this week?
1: I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to find which trainer I feel like offending this week because... Uh, that's one as way we, to write them off. As, as we know, they can put a line through them. I've tipped the a couple of Brookensis. Got a Jess Hopkins on top. A Paul Bartolo. Oh, none of them have
0: won either, have they? they I'll, are, I'll go no. first, mate. I I'll I'm going to take uh, race five, number two, Guelph. Um, I'm going to have probably fifteen dollars each way on that, and then I'll have ten dollars each way on race uh, one, number eight, Shadow Ride. As long as Anthony has a party, can get enough fuel in the vehicle. Get to the track without uh, a breakdown. I think it'll win. So they're my two punters' punning clubs this week.
1: I'm going to have 25 each way on Alfie Moon. I'm sure Jess will stab me, <laughs> Jess Hopkins, but I think this is a winnable <laughs> race. I think he can get out in front and lead. And if Ariane Bale lobs on his back, uh, she can certainly run very similar mm. times. and might go past him. But I think he's due for a win, Bruno. Alfie Moon for me, 25 each way.
0: Inside Info. Well, it's a little bit of a special inside info this week because I'm not riding solo. Corey Smith has stuck around. We're in the flesh and we're now joined by a trainer who is in pretty good form with the collar and lead. I've always called him Andrew Cherry, but he's just told me no. He doesn't get many red boxes, so it's now Andrew Cherry. Andrew, welcome along, mate. Thank you, James. Hey, good to have you on the uh, the pod. Can you tell us all where you got involved and, and how long ago you got involved in the great sport of greyhound racing?
3: Oh, look, I'd have to um, go about 20 years back now. My dad trained greyhounds um, out of a backyard and um, I would have been about 13 at the time. So we just, you know, started training dogs together as the times went on and I fell in love with them. And um, I'm lucky enough to have the support still from my dad and and my wife as well. It's just, It's just caught on to us, so we... We kept it going.
0: Well, mate, you've had some good success. You recently moved from uh, residential to a property, I believe, with a little bit more room. Is is the plan to uh, to up the numbers as time goes on?
3: Uh, well, look, we we play it by play it by ear. Um, we started with two dogs out in the backyard about ten years ago, training on my own, and now we've got about seven. So, it, look, it is ramping up slowly, but it's You know, give and take, it's a lot of work, Mm. you know, to train dogs um, and have a bit of fun on the, you know, going on holidays and things like that. So we've got to be careful not to get too many, but we always welcome fast dogs with open arms. You know that? (laughs) I think we all do,
0: mate. (laughs) just before I pass you off to Corey for a couple of questions regarding the racing at uh, the Meadows Saturday night. How would you explain to to those who are listening to this podcast who are thinking, "Look, I'd I'd love to to train one or two dogs, but I do live on a residential property." You you you're living proof that it can be done.
3: Yeah, that's right. Um, I guess you got if you if you're in residential, you've pretty much got to have um, dogs that don't you know play up and bark during the night time because uh, people around the housing um, areas would. You know get to get to sleep around nine or ten o'clock at night and if you've got barkers it's no good, and it sort of puts puts you off so you've got to have dogs that are, are great in the kennels um, and walk them frequently in the streets and you'll find that they're a bit comfortable come to dinner time and they're all rested um, don't leave them agitated but you you can you can work them You can go to a straight track and get a membership or go trialling at the Meadows or wherever you like to go and get get them exercised. But the key with them is just to keep them content, I think.
0: Well, just before we move on to Corey Smith asking you questions about Saturday night. Corey, I just want to ask you a question, mate. Scotty Wukach said he was thinking about renovations. I'm not sure if you can hear that in the background here. and knew as well, Andrew, but there's a lot of banging and clanging going on downstairs. I'm not sure if he started tearing down a grandstand or what he's done, Smithy. <laughs> no,
1: I've, uh, I've brought my housemate in to help us out with the great chase today. So he, uh, he's obviously earning his keep and he might have to pay back a, a few dollars because it sounds like he's dropping everything down there. But uh, i tell you what, if he listens to this podcast, which I'm sure he will, because who would want to miss out on this? He Nobody. Might start He might want to uh, bring my old retired boy out off the couch in, in, in our townhouse in Ascot Vale and, uh, <laughs> and start training. But, no, Andrew, you've uh, obviously got Blue Tungsten in uh, race 10, number six on Saturday night. And James said he wanted to get you in mainly because uh, he gave you a bit of a touch-up last week. He, he beat you down the street <laughs> yeah. at Healsville. Um, yeah, was, it was...
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. He did give us a touch up. That was yesterday actually. Um but you know, we thought look, you gotta keep James happy, you know, like that's he, right. you, you can't you can't beat him at his home track, you know, that's just wrong. But um no, we're very happy with that dog, uh, Bluey, Blue Tungsten. He's only a pup, he's twenty two months old, so you know, the world's his oyster, he's he's one in town already. Um I think he's up to 15,000 out of 10 or 11 starts. So, you know, he's, he's a fast dog, but he's got to have it his own way out in front. So that's why we've headed to the Meadows.
1: Yeah, as you said, he's already won in the city. So going for a 300 metres in between uh, the 525s, is, it, is there a sort of strategy that you have behind that? Have you is it a tried and true method for you or uh, is it just something that the, the race is suited and, and that was what you landed on?
3: Uh, I guess with that dog, he needed a run in between the last runs of Saturday night. So our aim was the great chase. So he made the semi finals uh, last Wednesday at, at the Meadows and he led, I think he went 507, 1795 down the back, but he got run down because it was a bit of a bog track, which is not his caper. So I thought I'd give him that chance to go back to the Meadows 10 days later. However, ten days is a bit too much of a gap um, for a greyhound like him because he's a bit of a he's a bit of a flighty dog. You know, he just needs to do something during the week. Uh, he doesn't like to work up the straight where we gallop them. So, you know, you get in the car, you put the dog in the yard, and he and he just stands there. So he doesn't like to work hard. <laughs> that's I, mean. I was about to say that's <laughs> yeah. exactly
1: like what I'd do if I got put in the jumping yard. Yeah, that's right. So I thought, look,
3: I saw that. Hillsville uh, meeting on the Tuesday, which was about five days apart from his last, or six days apart from his last run, and I thought that, that might even sharpen him up and just, you know, give him, um, give James a bit of a chance to win a race. No, no, um, just, to, just, just to, you know, give him that sort of, you know, that run in between, but it's not too strenuous. It's not like we're giving him another 500. You know, it's just to sharpen up more than anything else. We um, train a bit unorthodox in that sort of way where, you know, other trainers may go and trial them. Um, But instead we decided to race him and we picked up some prize money. So it wasn't a bad idea.
1: If you uh, pick up prize money, it's never a bad idea. But uh, Box 6, I've seen he's won a couple of times from Box 8 and he's also won from Box 6 in his three wins. So uh, Box 6, no concern for you?
3: Uh, Probably not concerned with any box with that dog because he's just so quick early. Um, We prefer him in the inside, but he's drawn... I don't know if you've got his form there, but he's drawn outside of five about six times or seven times and uh, I think he's just used to it now. But he does run a dead straight line out the boxes. So the box six won't bother him. Uh, as long as he runs his first section, he should be right in the mix at the first corner. I'm only worried about the last 50. So uh, we'll see what happens.
1: I've got I've got his boxes here, and I'll read them out. And for, for all yeah. of his 12 starts, he've had 883875362878. Eight, not Andrew yeah, Cherry, is he? <laughs> no, no, he's not Andrew Cherry at all. Yeah, yeah.
3: So we we're, we're hoping for an inside box sooner or later, and the Meadows is probably the track for him to draw the inside because of that early speed that he's got. Um, once you kick away on that home bent, the first corner and down the back, you know, you sort of halfway home, and um, when he's out in the out in the car park, he he really has to use a lot of gas to get around. Um, but yeah, look, it is it is what it is. You know, you, you nominate your dogs, you get your box draw, and that's it. And may the best dog win. So we'll just we'll just take him and see what happens.
0: Well, mate, uh, we wish you all the best come Saturday night. Thanks so much for coming on the the number one podcast when it comes to uh, to greyhound racing. And and normally, mate. The people who come on this podcast end up getting a whole heap of winners. So we wish you well. Get them at, get them at the Meadows, not at Hillsville, though. That's at my advice. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll leave you alone there. <laughs> Thanks, Cherry. Good luck, mate. Thanks, James. Thanks, Sorry, mate. Me. Well, here we go, Andrew Cherry. Uh, I'm just going to keep calling him Andrew Cherry because uh, you watch, you'll start getting some red boxes. Smithy, it's been good fun, mate, having you from start to finish. And you now know why I was saying that Scotty catch the boss here at the Meadows, should be giving you a pay rise because you're going above and beyond.
1: Oh, I'll tell you what, I will be putting in an extra invoice for that little extra segment. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the extra invoice will be another $0. So yeah, that's, that's all right. right. A, uh, plenty enjoyable. Can
0: you round out the show for us, Smithy? Because you've never done this before.
1: You want me to just wind up throw, yep, throw it back to the? i uh, Throw it back to Peter Hitchener.
0: Yep, I'm done. I'm on mute. Oh, uh, Away you go.
1: You, you've you have muted yourself. I can see on the table. But no, uh, thank you very much for joining us on the world's greatest racing podcast, Green Light On, you've been listening to Corey Smith and James Vandermart and Andrew Sherry.